took our group and we ended up roofing houses in nine degree weather. I mean, we don't do roofing for OMP normally. And so we got there and none of us knew how to do anything. But the funny part of that was that all of our materials were frozen solid. <laughs> and so they had gotten all of the shingles and things had gotten wet and had frozen over. And so we were literally building fires so that we could we can slowly roast them and get the moisture off of them so that they would oh, wow. peel apart. <laughs> and then we would put them on the roof. It was an interesting experience. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the OM Podcast with me, your host, Andrew Suit, and brought to you by Ozark Mission Project. Thank you for listening today. This is an episode we're calling an OM Pastor episode, where my guests are former OMP college staff or others who are now pastors or in ministry, thanks in some part to their connection with OMP. Today, my guest is Reverend Sam Metters, who was not on college staff, but has worked with many of them on the winter break college mission trip. But first, let's worship by sharing in a brief Morning Watch devotion together. Morning Watch is simply you and God time each morning at camp, after breakfast, and before heading to your neighbor's homes. Morning Watch devotion booklets are written each year by various OMP staff and organizers. So today's Morning Watch is from 1997, when the theme was, Are you my neighbor? Be a neighbor. First of all, let's read Luke 10, verse 29. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And I urge you to go to Luke 10 and read the rest of what follows in Luke, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan. But hear this devotion today. The dictionary defines the word neighbor as another human being. When asked the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus responds by telling the story of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan was considered to be a true neighbor to the wounded man because of the way he responded to his need. The challenge to us is to first recognize that our neighbor is everyone we come in contact with every day of our lives. Secondly, Christ is challenging us to respond to the needs of our neighbors, not only after the example in the story of the Good Samaritan, but also in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, where it says, Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. The point Jesus is making is that we should ignore the things that appear on the outside to make us different and look inward and see that we are all children of God. We should show mercy to one another. Sometimes we refuse to help others because we just don't want to get involved. This story reminds us to be like the Samaritan and reach out to all people. My guest today is Reverend Sam Matters. Sam is an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church here in Arkansas and leads the Delta Project Initiative. Am I getting that right? Yes. As part of the 200,000 More Reasons campaign, which we'll hear about more in a minute. But first, I wanted to let you know that Sam also serves as a mentor for pastors like me who are seeking ordination through the residency and ministry process where we have certain assignments, interviews, and so on. Um, Sam, you've been an incredible mentor these past several years. 
But oh, how the tables have turned. Now I get to interview you. <laughs> Absolutely. So first of all, tell me a bit about yourself. Who is Sam Metters? Well, I feel like you've done a pretty good introduction there, Andrew. <laughs> um, well, I am a native Arkansan, first of all. Uh, and actually, I grew up in Benton, and I am currently living back in Benton, which has been a kind of exciting transition over the last few months. Um, but for the most part, I, I mean, I think you did a good job. I'm a, an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, and my call is to to help young adults in the church find ways that they can connect uh, to justice ministries and to compassion ministries throughout uh, the United Methodist Connection and help make sure churches leave spaces for young adults uh, and young people who are wanting some experiences in leadership. And for the uninitiated who might be listening here, I think a lot of folks might know, but um, I get to ask you now, what's the difference between deacons and elders? What does it mean that you're a deacon? You kind of mentioned some of that already. So uh, the difference between deacons and elders, both are orders within the United Methodist Church. Uh, so we have two different paths to ordination. Uh, and deacons are those who are called to word, service, compassion, and justice. So we're not called to necessarily be in churches, though some deacons are, um, but deacons are called to be kind of in between the church and the world to provide a bridge so that the church knows what's happening in the world uh, and so that people in the world see the church in action uh, among them. And so I really feel like through opportunities like OMP that I've gotten to live that out uh, in a really unique uh, and interesting way here in Arkansas. We certainly see a lot more elders <laughs> in uh, in our conference in particular, uh, but we have deacons kind of in the midst of everything. And and I, someone recently told me that we have a little deacon fairy dust that we kind of sprinkle <laughs> around. I like to say that we have, uh, it's not necessarily fairy dust, it's more like the Holy Spirit that tends to be sprinkled around when deacons are there to help make sure people know kind of how we connect to each other, whether we're in the church or outside the church, and how we can make sure that both of those places meet. Yeah, and I've, I've certainly appreciated that Deacon Fairy Dust in our residency and ministry process. Sam, tell me more about how did you first get involved with the Ozark Mission Project? So it's kind of funny. I've known about OMP for a long time. Uh, I grew up in the United Methodist Church, and my youth group went to OMP, but I never went. I had really busy summers. And so the really the first time I was involved in OMP was actually as a associate in a campus ministry. So it wasn't until the fall or the winter of 2014 that I got the opportunity to go. And you're probably wondering like winter, like that's not OMP, what is she talking about? But I got involved through the college winter mission trip and have now done that. I did that for seven winters, I believe. And then have also uh, done a couple summers as program staff uh, and as a driver. And I will tell you, uh, driving for OMP is definitely the hardest job I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with OMP. It's very different being with youth than it is with college students. Um, and I remember, I was about to say, I remember how uh, my call is to college students. Those youth eventually become college students, and I know that, but whew, very right, different thing. Right. But, but yeah, but I've been involved since uh, 2014 uh, and mainly with the winter break trip. There is de definitely something appealing about college students. And so you've worked with a lot of the college staff of OMP, if I'm correct, right? Absolutely. 
I think I probably know a lot more of them because they tend to uh, they tend to come to the winter break camp. So so basically how winter break works is we pick a week over the college winter break where where some of our college students can come and you can come as an individual. But our Wesley Foundation directors, which are our United Methodist Campus Ministry ministries throughout the state, kind of put that camp together and we have opportunities to go. And unlike we, we try to kind of alternate between places. So it may not necessarily be in Arkansas. We've gone to Oklahoma and Texas, uh, gone to Memphis a few times in Tennessee and uh, Mississippi, Louisiana. So we we kind of tend to do something a little bit different and a little out of out of what we typically think of as OMP. But we get the opportunity to go uh, and take a bunch of college students. So sometimes we have students who I think we've had students from all all of our colleges in in Arkansas, all of our four-year colleges for sure in Arkansas. Uh, and we've also had students who have come back who did OMP when they were in high school and who decided that they wanted to take part in the winter break trip. Um, and they just come on their own. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of exciting to get to meet all sorts of people. But yeah, it's a good training ground for people who think they want to be OMP college staff. <laughs> so, and we have quite a few. I know I had a couple students who went to the winter break trip and then decided they wanted to apply uh, to be college staff. And so it's kind of a good opportunity to get your feet wet in the work of OMP, even if it doesn't necessarily look the same as summer. And as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, there is no trip this this year due to COVID-19? Yeah, so there isn't a trip, but there is going to be a mission. So instead of going somewhere, OMP is inviting college students to take part in, uh, in actually a medical type mission. Uh, and they'll be they'll be collecting collecting samples for be the match, which is a I'm trying to remember a blood marrow transplant donor list. Uh, and so we've had a, one of our campus ministers did that. Corey Reed did that not too long ago, and actually matched with someone and donated her her bone marrow right. uh, so that this young person could go forward. And so that's what's going to be happening is a big drive to do that during winter break this year, which is kind of exciting. That's very different than what we normally do, but definitely something that's needed uh, regardless of COVID or not. And as I guess maybe a little bit of a bonus here, as as of the time we're recording this, Sam doesn't know this, but this should be the December episode. So it should fit well in the OM podcast schedule um, to also have another little bit of an option with Sam uh, as as there's a different sort of uh, mission this this winter. What's one of the funniest moments or most meaningful moments you've had on one of these trips? Is there a story you'd like to share? You can share one or both of those. I mean, funny moments, there are a ton. But again, winter break is such a different experience. And we actually worked with a group in Memphis that does something similar called uh, Service Over Self or SOS in Memphis. And in 2018, they took our group and we ended up roofing houses in nine degree weather on throughout Memphis. And if you think, I mean, we don't do roofing for OMP normally. Uh, that is their specialty. And so we got there and none of us knew how to do anything. Right. But the funny part of that was that all of our materials were frozen solid. <laughs> and so they had gotten all of the shingles and things had gotten wet and had frozen over. And so we were literally building fires so that we could we can slowly roast them and get the moisture off of them so that they oh, would wow. peel apart. <laughs> and then we would put them on the roof. It was an interesting experience. 
And that was probably the funniest thing just because we had a lot of people who were not comfortable getting up on a roof, myself included. And they, they really made you feel good about it. And, got, and goodness, everybody, everyone on that trip ended up doing roofing in some manner, which is certainly something I'm going to put on my resume from here on out for sure. <laughs> I can tell you that. Now, in terms of most meaningful, my very first OMP winter break trip was to Moore, Oklahoma. Uh, and Moore had just had a tornado come through. And this was almost, I think we were eight months after the tornado. And the reason why this is so meaningful to me is because, because this past year I was living in Jonesboro when a tornado came through mm. uh, our town. And what happened in Moore is that they had so many donations, so much stuff that had accumulated that literally we spent the entire week cleaning out storage units, cleaning out all of these things that have been donated but didn't have a place to go. And for me, that really challenged me to think about what do we do when disaster strikes? Like what happens when somebody has a tornado or a flood or any other kind of natural disaster? And so I'm a real big proponent for we, you know, raise money, give money. Stuff tends to get you know, tends to pile up and doesn't make it to the place where it needs to go. Right. I mean, we were eight months later, it was cold and we were moving frozen water bottles back and forth uh, on this field. And I'll just never forget thinking about how, how many people had cared so much, but how their donation didn't make the kind of impact they wanted it to make because we wanted to give things instead of giving resources. And that's, and that's a really big issue in terms of disaster recovery yeah. that we really need to pay attention to. And so it, it was good for me to see that because every time we've gone somewhere, whether that's, you know, we went to Holly Springs, Mississippi to do tornado recovery, we went to Mayflower after the tornado in Mayflower. We've been to flood, flood recovery in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Port Arthur, Texas. I mean, everywhere we go, really thinking about what is going to make the difference. And the difference is showing up is people who show up and, and having some of those resources that are available. And so, I mean, that really made a big impact on me. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times we think in terms of disaster relief, we need to remind folks that's not a good time to clean out your garage, to right. have a garage sale and then send the donations to UMCOR or to whoever's doing the, the disaster relief. So how has OMP or your experience with the college mission trip and so many other things influenced your ministry today? Um, and, and maybe you can tell us more about your ministry with 200,000 more reasons and now the Delta Project initiative. I think OMP clarified for me a call to really work in justice and compassion ministries all the time. I loved being in campus ministry and I love the opportunity to be around college students and equip them to do some of the work. But I really want to be doing that all the time. I think I think we we love to think of the mission trip as you know, it's a week, we get to experience it, and then we go home. And I think for me, every time I went and had that that time and that experience, I realized that I wanted to be doing that all the time. I wanted to be engaging with my neighbor all the time. And I get to do that right now, which is kind of, you know, kind of really cool. I'm kind of living the dream uh, at this moment. So 200,000 More Reasons is an initiative of the Arkansas Conference uh, that we started six years ago, working toward eliminating childhood hunger. Um, and we've expanded that to include literacy uh, as a strategy for poverty alleviation, as well as promoting healthy and stable families. 
And so both of those things have really, and, and I get to do that through the Delta Project by, you know, concentrating that work on, on what's happening in the Southeast District uh, of our church. And so that's counties kind of, you know, south of I-40, again, that Southeast corner. But the cool part about this is that I'm getting to do some mobile distribution. So where there aren't food pantries, uh, we're distributing food with the help of the Arkansas Food Bank uh, and churches. And then we're also considering what, what places and what spaces need additional assistance with literacy. So one of the things we know is that people who, who continue to experience poverty sometimes don't, aren't able to read as well. And so if we can help people read, then uh, in the long term, those people will have better job prospects. Those individuals will have uh, better opportunities to serve in their own community. Right. Um, and so we're trying to catch people young. You know, we're trying to catch children uh, who are able to who were able to teach. And so we're looking at some tutoring opportunities coming up this summer, and a lot of different ways to connect to literacy, uh, whether that's access to books, tutoring, or connecting to our schools. Yeah, so lots of really exciting things that are that are forthcoming. So it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that the the who of your calling has remained the same in a lot of ways with with young adults and college students, but also your neighbors as as OMP calls them. But the what has changed a little bit uh, with regards to what you're doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think there are so many ways in which our neighbors sometimes struggle in finding the ways that we can meet those needs that our neighbors have is really important. If you could go back and give your younger self some advice, what would it be? What would you tell a young Sam Matters? I think the thing that I would tell myself is that you can do things that are hard. <laughs> I tended, especially as a youth, to step back and to not put myself out there, to not try things that I thought I would fail at. And I think OMP was one of those things that was a little out of my comfort zone when I was younger. And I really wish that someone would have told me, you can do things that are hard and you'll be okay. Like right. <laughs> you've got to put yourself out there, but try it. And yeah, and so that's something that has continued to, to come back. But but yeah, you can do hard things. It's certainly something that I need to hear still, but I really needed to hear as a youth. Yeah, I appreciate that as a former youth minister. For the longest time, I was always telling youth that they're world changers and that they can do big things for God. And yes, they can do hard things. But I think Shane, Shane Claiborne was one that talked about this and Irresistible Revolution, that it's also sometimes in the small things that we do for God too. Name three people who have big, been a big influence in your life and why. I actually wrote this one down. So my campus minister, Omar Al-Rakavi, was a huge influence on me. He really was the first person to truly see me as a leader and, and to put me in leadership positions uh, within a church setting. Uh, so I, I was not super involved in youth, but when I got to college, I, it really like, began to click for me and Omar truly put me in places where where I was having to think deeply about my faith and about what it meant and he really challenged me to do that uh, in a powerful and meaningful way uh, and ultimately that led to me going to seminary. The other person kind of along those lines, I think one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, Amanda Kofer, uh, she, she, uh, we were at the Wesley Foundation together and she kind of changed my life by inviting me to do a summer of service with Project Transformation. She didn't know that I was looking for something. She just invited me to go 
to Dallas, Texas for eight weeks to serve in kind of underserved communities. Uh, and through that experience, you know, I'm now working on bringing a branch of that organization to Arkansas. <laughs> and so, so that completely changed, changed my life, uh, being involved in that. And I will always credit her with that invitation. You never know what an invitation can do for somebody, but that invitation to go and be a part of, of that summer really did completely change the trajectory of my life. I thought I was going to teach. I thought I was going to, you know, do all of this stuff. And I started discerning a calling there and that really put me on a new and different path than I really thought I was going to be on. Isn't that wild? Because it's kind of like, I think I'm here today because somebody asked me to teach a high school Sunday school class. These little things that are like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah, it's, it's funny how those invitations, you don't think of them at the time. Uh, you don't think anything of, you know, inviting someone to something, but it really, truly can make a whole world of difference. And, and it's simply, you know, we invite people to things all the time that aren't going to make a difference. Uh, things like, you know, like we invite people to the movies. This is all pre-COVID. Right, right? Right. We invite people to concerts and movies and all that stuff. But when do we really invite people to experience, to experience the transforming power of Christ? Right, it's, right. Through, it's through opportunities like OMP. It's through things like Project Transformation. It's through things uh, like being in worship, going on retreats. I mean, those things really can help people see God in new ways. And it takes that invitation. It really does take that invitation. And so I, I will give credit where it is due. And I thank Amanda uh, for, for saying, you should come and do this. And then sticking, sticking with me when I was like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> and continuing to invite. Uh, sometimes it's more than just one invitation. And the third person I'll lift up is uh, my mentor from uh, seminary, uh, Linda Marshall, uh, who was one of the very first deacons to be ordained in the United Methodist Church when we first became an order uh, in the 90s. Uh, and she, when I was discerning whether I wanted to be a deacon or an elder, uh, she was one of the few people who really said, Sam, you have the heart of a deacon. You, ha you have a heart that is really for people who are maybe not inside the church, um, but are struggling on the outside. And you have a heart to take people in the church and connect them to those. And that affirmation was something that I really desperately needed. And, and I still thank her for that opportunity and, that, and that, that gift that she saw in me and in sharing that by telling me that that's what she was seeing. That's a powerful thing to do as well, is to tell someone that they're gifted in something <laughs> um, and to lift them up. <clears throat> that's another thing that truly changes us. So, OMP's mission, Sam, is to transform life through worship, fellowship, and hands-on mission, as you know. Uh, can you give our listeners one practical challenge, something maybe they could even do today that could serve their neighbor? I think for me right now, feeding ministries are at the heart of what I'm doing. And so one thing I think we take for granted is that we're always surrounded by food. Um, and one of the things that I think anyone can do is clean out their pantry and donate what is still good and that they know they're not going to eat to a, a pantry in their community. So we have lots of churches that have blessing boxes, uh, which are little free pantries where people can leave food and others can take it. And we have lots of churches that have uh, that have pantries of their own. And now is a great time to be doing that. I mean, with the holidays that are forthcoming, making sure that everyone has enough on their table right. um, is something we can all participate in. And whether that's one can or ramen noodles or, you know, there's so much stuff that we can give. And I really just think anyone can do that sort of mission. Um, and that really does. It makes a difference. Yeah, so many of us have at least a spare can or something that we can donate, right? 
And I think too, in terms of uh, some of the creative ways during COVID-19 that, that folks, myself included here at Salem United Methodist Church, how we've gone through to a, a drive-through um, food pantry style, our sharing fridge ministry. I think you mentioned a blessing box at some point, S- similar concept, but we have a, a refrigerator that people can can get food from, uh, donations from, I think, Chick-fil-A and Little Caesars and different places here in Conway. But uh, have you seen other creative avenues for these these uh, food ministries and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think that one of the coolest things that I've heard about is we had some a pantry in Northeast Arkansas this summer that was that they had a person who wasn't comfortable coming to the pantry yeah. um, to help. And it was a major volunteer, but they, what they told them is that they would give from their own garden. So they created their own yeah. garden in like in their backyard, basically. But if you're from Northeast Arkansas, you know, like gardens are no joke. Like, like, like it's not like a little, you know, raised bed garden. It was like a, you know, a, a pretty good chunk of their land uh, that they committed to gardening and through that they gave fresh produce back to the pantry so instead of coming in uh, to volunteer as they had before because they were in an octogenarian they're in their 80s they decided that they would start growing food and church members came and picked it when it was ready and they would take it back to the pantry which I think is such a cool idea certainly something that that we could all work on you know for next year right Um, that's a really that's a really neat way of sharing in the abundance of God's goodness for sure. That's awesome. I love that idea because so many of, of our our folks here at Salem and I think you and I share this in common at one point I think I saw you being the lone ranger d- distributing food at some point at another point I was here too because so many of my folks are in that vulnerable category that they kind of stepped away for a while but then they figured out okay here are ways that we can do this and do so safely. And they said, Andrew, we're coming back. This is who God created us to be. And and it's funny, I had one of my members call and say, Andrew, I'd like your permission to tighten up some of the safety things that we're working on. Can we do this? Can we do that? And I said, you don't need my permission. I've got your back. You do whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe and the people that we're serving. Well, Sam, um, Here's a classic OMP sharing question. If you're familiar with the idea, at least our listeners, that part of OMP is sharing part of the experience of your day or whether that's at camp or whether that's on the the college trip. How have you seen God lately, Sam? Again, I get the opportunity to go to these places where they are serving their neighbors. In the past two weeks, I've been to Pine Bluff, Stuttgart, and I went to Mount Olivet. But all of these churches are just so invested in their neighbors. It's a it's a lot of work to sure. to serve. I mean, we're we're talking about 200 families serving. Um and I'm always just so impressed with the way people really see God in their neighbor um and have patience and kindness and gentleness toward that person, uh, even if it's just in a drive-through way. Um, that that there is always a measure of how are you doing today? You know, we care about you. We're so glad you're here. Um, it's not a rushed thing. And I'm always just so impressed by the way God has shown up in those spaces and in those places. I think I've seen God lately in relation to what we're talking about too, is when we put the call out there just to say, are people available to help with our food pantry or to help with the sharing fridge? And when we have people step up who are not even necessarily members of our church yet, and yet that's beginning to pave the way into, wow, I, I really like this church because 
it really cares about the people here in Conway. And yeah. so it's been neat to see God at work in in these people that are coming forward and, and stepping in to help in this time. So finally, Sam, how can our, our listeners connect with you? Is there a way to do that? I am on social media. I'm on all the social media. Don't look for me on TikTok because I don't do TikTok well, but <laughs> otherwise I'm on social right. media. Uh, Sam Metters uh, or S Metters 501. Um, and then the other way is you can always email me. I'm always available through email, uh, samantha.metters at arumc.org. And yeah, it, I mean, I think it's great. The opportunity to, to connect is always there. Um, and I especially love connecting with young people and people who are pursuing their calling. Um, I think we're all called to something. And so how we pursue that, um, whether it's through OMP or through other means, uh, I love talking about call. And so if that's something, you know, people want to hear about or want to think through with someone else, I'm certainly here. Well, thanks for being my guest today, Sam. You're my second guest and you were a lot nicer to me than Hank Godwin was. So I appreciate oh, that. Oh, I bet. Boy, I have some stories on Hank if you need them, but yeah, we'll maybe, save those for another time. We'll, we'll do another whole podcast just <laughs> on having people trash Hanks to get back at him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that would be great. Um, so thanks again, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Owen Podcast today. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to let others know about it. For more information about OMP, including how to get involved, support this ministry, register for camp, and more, go to ozarkmissionproject.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.